uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, and all my patron peeps. Uh, what's up? If you're listening to this on the website or the Patreon app, make sure you use your, uh, if you prefer, use your uh, RSS feed uh, to plug it into your podcasting app of choice. All you need to do is ask on our Facebook group or uh, just contact support.patreon.com and they'll walk you through it. Thanks for the support. Let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it's a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, whether it's a thing or waking you back up. That's a, that's something I forget, you know, if you're waking up in the middle of the night or whatever, too. Uh, but it will, to distract you from whatever it's, whether it's noise, it's uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, thoughts, uh, lots of thoughts, tons of thoughts, uh, thoughts about weight, weight, weights and measures. Uh, actually, I used to work for... Uh, uh, the Department of Agriculture and Weights and Measures. Maybe I'll talk about that in the intro. I'll, I'll try to find a way. But, but if you're new here, that, I'm going to try to create a safe place. The way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use these lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, friendly. I've, I've uh, you know, you know, every, what's your favorite fabric? Oh, wow, really? Tell, what was that fabric again? Because this safe place uh, is, I think it's quilted, the version of the fabric you just said. I have bolts and bolts of that fabric. Is that, I think that's a weight and a measure. I think that's a measure and not a weight, but uh, that was an attempt. Uh, also, this podcast contains humor attempts. Uh, so, what was it? So, oh, what was my point? Uh, the podcast is meant to be, be your companion here in the deep dark night. Your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar sib, your boar bro. Your bo- I could be your boar sis. As I said, uh, it doesn't bother me. I could be your boar sib, your boar sis, whatever, whatever makes you comfortable. I could be your boar in the other room talking and you're hearing me through the walls or just your friend on the speaker or in the headphones. I'd like to keep you company in the deep dark night. I'd like to be here while you fall asleep to uh, keep company, which to, to repeat myself uh, inadvertently. And while you drift off or walk at your side and escort you across the threshold from wake to sleep, whatever works for you, especially if accidental repetition works for you and in and inadvertent ones. I'd like you to get comfortable and ease in there, snuggle in that bed of yours. Uh, and we'll, like, uh, if you're new, let me tell you a couple of things about the show. First off, uh, uh, here's the structure of the show, just to put you at ease. Yeah, thanks for sticking around this long, by the way. Thank you. Really, you've taken a big leap of faith. So the podcast starts out with six minutes of business. Uh, since it's a sleep podcast, it's really uh, the, like uh, essential to do it at the top of the show. And that's why we uh, keep that's how we keep the show free. And ideally, we have like 600 free archive shows for you to peruse and use at your leisure. Uh, so we do that at the beginning. If you're new, you know, do like thanks for uh, testing the show out. If you're a regular listener, 
Thank you for always remembering the show when your hand hits that fridge tomorrow on your refrigerator and thinking of the podcast and how you support it. Thank you. Now, what else? Uh, um, so that's just the beginning of the show. Then the show has an intro. And, you know, some podcasts have a 30-second intro. Some have a two-minute intro. I've heard of eight-minute intros. Ours has about a 12-minute intro. I don't know what a 12-minute egg is, uh, but it's probably hard, pretty hard pretty hard-boiled. And this intro, this is the first intro podcast intro that's both hard-boiled and also runny. And also I run on and on and on. Uh, so the intro is kind of like a attempt to make a metaphor for the podcast. I think I'll talk about weights and measures maybe. And it, but it's mostly just to get you comfortable, to let you know what to expect, which is me goofing around, me getting distracted, me trying to put you at ease, me trying to be your friend, or trying to be friendly. I guess trying to be your friend, that sounds like an obligation. Don't worry, there's no obligations here. Yeah, and actually, that's the next point. You're not obligated to listen to me just because this is a podcast. You don't have to, or, or you're not obligated to hear what I'm saying. You could just be aware of a general droning of my voice, uh, uh, or wh- whatever uh, keeps you comfortable. Yeah, uh, uh, like uh, you know, like a like some sort of background noise. So you don't need to listen. Uh, you're also under oh, no obligation to fall asleep. You know, see, well, this is a sleep podcast, isn't it? You, you may say this is a sleep sleep podcast, or is this a sleep podcast? Is it? Are you saying sleep or sleep scoots? And I'd say, well, I'm attempting to say sleep, and then I'm failing, and I'm saying sleep podcast. Uh, you know, like you're doing it down on the sleed. It's a new word. It, it, it kind of mean, it means a sleepy slide, a sleed, sleep podcast. Uh, but but it, it, even though it's a sleep podcast, you shouldn't feel obligated to fall asleep. I'll be here to keep you company uh, while you fall asleep. And I'll be here for about an hour. There are listeners that don't fall asleep that either have really bad insomnia or just like to listen to the show. And I'm here all the way to the end for them and, and you. Uh, so even what, what, if you're asleep, maybe some part of your brain says, well, the, the, the dude's still rambling. I'm not going to wake wake my human up and pester them. I'm just going to listen to this dude ramble. Or if you're waking up in the middle of the night, you know I'll be there for you. That's my job. I'm your boyfriend. Uh, so no pressure to fall asleep, no pressure to listen. Uh, here's some pressure for me to try to figure out how to, how to like, so I used to work for the County Department of Agriculture, uh, do, like uh, keeping an eye out for uh, fruit flies, uh, not the kind that come with your, with your bananas. I mean, similar, but those are regular, you know, those are the ones that are already here. These are ones that would be coming from far away. And so I had that job, and I didn't have a science degree. I have an arts degree, so I couldn't uh, advance. It was one of my favorite jobs of all time because uh, you'd drive around and be outside all day, and I would do writing uh, on my lunch and my breaks, and I would listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, that was back in the early the early days of podcasting. Uh, and but that strangely enough, the agriculture and weights and measures was like uh, under the same department for some reason. Never understood that. And if you uh, if you wanted to go up, you wanted to be you wanted to work for both. I think for a lot of time, 
I think, no, at some point they combine them. But if you wanted to work there and have a full-time job, because uh, at the time I was only a seasonal employee, it, you would, uh, you'd have to like take these certifications in agriculture stuff and weights and measure stuff. And I did have a couple of friends that worked there. And I guess like, I don't, this is pretty boring stuff. Uh, it was, it seemed like an interesting job describing it, I guess. You know, they would do stuff like check the gas pumps, check the uh, checkouts at the checkout stand. And, uh, uh, e- even like a scale, so check scales, uh, weight, weights, things that weights weigh and measure stuff, I guess, in commerce. And I don't know, with this podcast, I guess I try to, uh, like, uh, instead of weighing and measuring, I try to, because uh, it can be seriously analytical a little bit. Uh, and you don't want to do that at bedtime. You don't want to be weighing anything, well, physically. You know, unless you're, like, baking some bread. That would be before bed anyway. Like I always say, no bread in bed. Uh, That's, like, one of the official uh, things of this podcast. uh, Like, sleep with me the rules. No bread in bed. Uh, None of that Nietzsche stuff at bedtime. I don't know the rest of the rules, but those are two of them that I remember. Uh, but you, so you wouldn't want to, you don't want to weigh anything me- metaphorically either, like uh, the past, present, or future. But I, I mean, I tend to do that every night and say, oh boy. Oh, well, you know, I may even do some, I might weigh out some odes, uh, some odes about how heavy I feel. And then measure, holy, don't do any measuring at bedtime either, because one, there's no type of measuring thing that, like, uh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm talking about length at this point, like, uh, either soft thing or, like, uh, like you don't want any rule, anything that rules in bed, including rulers, uh, physical ones. I mean, I guess if you're married to a ruler, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you've, you, you've made it work, but otherwise they say, well, you know, no ruling in bed, I don't care. Uh, how many things you, you know, how many territories you control at bedtime, you're, you're my boo, you know? Uh, holy cow. I think I, I could feel a dictator just get the chills because they, they, well, scoots call me their boo, and I don't mean the good chills. Uh, so anyway, you, and you, you may, if you're regular, so you might say, well, who's scoots' favorite authoritarian figure? And I would say, well, wouldn't you like to know? Also, what is authoritarian? Would you like? Uh, is that is that what a rule? Like maybe I like uh, or a monarch? Uh, yeah, do monarchs count? Because uh, do I have to? Oh boy! Now, now you see what my brain is already worrying about this. I'll be worried. Well, do we have to be in a relationship with an authoritarian? Couldn't we just be in some sort of uh, monarch? You know, like. Uh, well, that's a lot of pressure being uh, in a relationship with a monarch. Uh, I don't know what we're getting. Well, this was, hey, but it, it was imagination. It, that was imaginary for a podcast intro. So we don't need to weigh or measure that. And you shouldn't, it, like, I guess that's what I'm here to distract you from. You know, ruling, measuring, weighing, any of that stuff that can come up at bedtime naturally. I mean, sometimes it might be a physical thing and you're like, okay. I just did that again, or I noticed that, uh, or whatever it is. I'm here to take your mind off of that. That's what I do. That's what I'm, what I'm, I've come for. 
if you're new, this podcast is, you know, it's immeasurably abnormal, which, uh, that was what they, uh, that was the name to, that's on my birth certificate, I think, uh, or one of my report cards. <laughs> oh, all of my report cards. My, my personal archivist just said all of your report cards said that. You know, sometimes it would say abnormal, abnormalcy is immeasurable, um, unmeasured and abnormal. So, uh, you know, I have that going for me now. Look at that. It took an asset. Uh, I mean, it took a, a something they said wasn't great. I made it into an asset. And at the same time, I did make a, a well, we will, we'll skip that. Uh, uh, so if you're new here, uh, clearly I'm a goofball. And it don't make a lot of sense. I'm not, you know, I'm not the brightest bulb. Who wants a bright bulb at bedtime, though? You know, I come with a, I come with my own dimmer. It doesn't, you know, it's like I'm, I'm on auto dim, and I'm here for you. So if you're new, give the show a few tries. Like almost every reviewer on Apple Podcasts says, at the first time I listened, I said, "What in the heck?" And then I woke up, or the second or third time a podcast started helping me out. So give it a few tries, uh, but you're under no obligation. The podcast doesn't work for everybody. I hope it works for you, but if it doesn't, I'm sorry. I appreciate you giving me some of your time, uh, some of your ear space. Uh, by the way, you have lovely ears. Uh, thanks for letting me in there. Uh, so, like, uh, that's it. Like, I hope I can help you because I've been sleepless and uh, I can relate uh so I'm glad you're here. Uh, thank you for coming by. I really hope I really yearn that I can help you fall asleep. Uh, thanks. All right, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of our uh, modular, I got it without trying to th- remember it, modular episodic series after the glass slipper. And what I mean by that is you can rest easy knowing that you can listen to these episodes not only in any order, uh, but uh, like out of, like they're modular. So... It tucked into each one is a sleepy little sleep, sleep, sleeper slope, sleeper sleep, sleepy stuff. Uh, I guess it could be, there's, here's a lesson. Uh, snuggle in and get comfortable. Scoots is here to put you to sleep. So each one of those has that life lesson tucked right in there. Uh, Scoots is here for you. Episodic, modular, uh, for every, for, for everyone and everywhere. Uh, so it's, uh, you can listen to it any order after the glass slipper. Now the, the character things you need to know, if this is your first time listening after glass slipper follows the tale of what happened to Cinderella's stepmother after Cinderella got the glass slipper, became princess, eventually became queen, uh, took out, like ran this, the kingdom where she was like, uh, the, the, the monarch and she was great, uh, so Cinderella did great. Her stepmother, uh, Agatha, did, w- like, uh, make amends to Cinderella and become uh, Cinderella's kind of like her hand, like her uh, very helpful and watch the kingdom in her stead. At one point, though, uh, Agatha did have to make one of the greatest, uh, you know, great, as all heroines do. Well, not all heroines, I think, but like uh, a certain percentage of heroines you know, she had to make it like it's part of her Heronian journey. Yes, that's a made up word, but uh, she uh, like sacrificed her human form, her corporal body. Is that is that what it is? Is that a corporal? Did she sacrifice her corporal body? 
uh, I don't, I'm not sure, but she did sacrifice her human form in order to save the, the both the human people and the fairy people of, uh, Cinderella's kingdom against a wizard and, you know, wizards, you know, the people that work with the wizard, uh, in a, like some, you know, some other monarch, uh, but she, she, in order to save everybody, she had to become a pit of lentils, a P-I-T of lentils, L-E-N-T-I-L-S, the things that are like beans, but they're not called lentil beans. They're just called lentils. They, when they were, when they are named, they said lentils will do fine. You don't need to call us lentil beans. Uh, technically, we may be a legume, but we prefer, please don't confuse, also don't confuse us with dried peas. I got that in an email from a lentil. Who claim to be speaking on behalf of lentils everywhere, but uh, you know who knows? You know people could cl- anybody can claim that in an email. Like here's a tip uh, in the middle of a setup for the episode: don't open any. Well, I, I guess you open it uh, uh, when it says uh, on behalf of lentils everywhere. How could you not? I guess if you want someone to open an email, put that in the uh, subject heading. Except me, because like I'll like you'll be able to hear my teeth grinding. I say not another lentil email. I mean, I've just been getting through all the emails from different uh, people from Bernie the Butterfly on behalf of crickets, uh, sending you this message as a representative of the kingdom of crickets, uh, and behalf of friends of pigeons everywhere. This is what my inbox looks like every single day. And then there's a passive of AGG ones that say, like, uh, for the podcast that knows nothing of lentils, uh, uh, for the podcast that cares nothing. And I said, well, okay, here's the important thing. I got off track uh, because I was about to say the podcast that cares nothing for feelings of lentils. And up until this story, I would have said, who cares? Show me a lentil that has feelings and and I'll think uh, think about it, empathizing with it. But in this case, Agatha gave up her human form to become a pit of lentils. Uh, don't worry about it because it happened in another season. Just go with it. She's a pit of lentils. In this case, in that story she was. Now she's more of a pool of lentils. Uh, but a pit of lentils, just it's more melodious. Uh, I don't know if there's an extra syllable in pool. Pool. Uh, but a pit of lentils, like a swimming pool full of lentils. But this is like ancient kingdom, so it's more like picture uh, masonry and stuff and not uh, whatever the heck pools are made of, concrete. Oh, boy, this is a long summary. So Agatha, Cinderella's stepmother, is now a, a sentient human consciousness in a pit of lentils. Also, she has control, so she can flow... She can embody things. She can point. Also, she's a teacher, uh, and she's a co-teacher, technically. And she teaches with uh, Shelley, who is a, a fairy person from the fairy kingdom, which I think they look like uh, the, the fairies, the fairy godparents, right? That was like what started the whole Cinderella tale. Their people and the human people now live together. And that's the second season this has been going on. So now it's like the story's advanced to the point where they're like, let's teach, uh, let's exchange some myths uh, from our backs, by background, the, fairy, the myths of the fairy people. And that's essentially why this season's both episodic and um, 
whatever the other word I used earlier that I already forgot was uh, modular. Because each one is a class where they're saying, hey, this is one of the fairy myths. Uh, there was one with, with a quiz, but uh, other than that, and they just go through one of the myths. And that's a, that's an episode, like I said, only message, only lessons stuck in, as uh, Mark Twain once said, oh boy, was that a good nap. Uh, and I only take naps when I drink Country Time Lemonade. And I'm marked, oh no, that was, uh, sorry, I'm reading ad copy for another pod, the Country Time Lemonade cast. I said Country Time cast. And I said, no, can't we call it the Country Cast? They said that name's Taken. Uh, so I guess I can't say that, uh, uh, but, but like, uh, Mark Twain did once say, oh boy, did I like, uh, probably don't take any lessons. I'm taking a nap. Uh, go ahead and take a nap. There's no lessons in here. Maybe that was Woody Harrelson playing Mark Twain, or maybe that was like an animatronic auto. What are those things called? Audio animatronic, uh, Mark Twain. But, but that's besides the point. The, the, there's a, the only lessons tucked in are lessons of a sweet, sleepy goodness. Uh, I'm trying to think if I ex- actually explained anything. Well, Agatha's Cinderella's stepmother. Shelley's her co-teacher. Students in the class are students. And that's it. Just like sitting through uh, really like a class, uh, these, these modular episodes. Uh, and so that's it. And I'm also waiting for a celebrity like a... Did you, did you not show up last week? Oh, my friend, hello. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very busy man. Uh, uh, hello, hello. The ladies, the gentlemen, the boys, the girls, the friends beyond the binary. It's time for another episode of After the Glass Slipper. Ooh. That was interesting, Antonio. That was Antonio Banderas, everybody. This is after I don't like I could like that was somewhere that was interesting. I listened to that in the edit. I'm look I'm looking forward to it. it also I'm rolling my eyes, but it's so good to have Antonio Banderas here. Uh we're gonna turn the mic over to Agatha and play a game of Munchkin, correct? Uh, like uh, did you bring your own pips? Well, I brought uh, pennies, my friend, uh, to use his pips. Uh, great. Uh, thanks. Uh, after glass slipper. Oh, hello, everyone. Hello. I'm coming into my room here. Now a room full of babies. A sleep is a nursery and my bedroom and also my bow. Sleeping in the bed, a man of letters and a letter man. What more? It could a woman ask for, but a room full of babies that now she's expected to teach a class to the siblings and then come in and uh, to tell, whisper in the ear of her bow uh, so the babies could be comforted by her voice. Uh, what could be more of an honor than them finding a wizard from another kingdom to return me to my natural human form? Though I don't need to be, I don't need a human body to be a human being. I have, I have feelings, uh, and also I have physical feelings. It, it, it is, you know, magic is magic, and uh, also there's the magic of uh, the universe, and there is the magic of life. They say, and they say, uh, 
I, I said to, to the to, to one of the not the alchemists but the physicians. I said, uh, "Give me the, one of those tests where you, uh, you know, test my, uh, you know, my knees and such things and my my fingertips." And he he, he looked at me, and I said, "Ask the physician, uh, nurse man or whatever." And she said, "Well, she looked at me, and I said, I command it. Uh, I had to command her." Because I do have that power, uh, and all you babies know that the power comes from within, babies, and from without. Uh, but don't worry yourselves about the power, little babies that are listening to me, uh, that are sleeping. Even when a tale involves power, uh, remember that I have the power to calm you. But really, only I'm triggering the power within that you already have. The calm is already within you. As you take your little baby breaths and snuggle in, your soft hands balled against your cheeks, uh, your heads with that smell that I say, well, that smells, and I say, wow, that is the baby smell. Your fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy wuzzies, uh, when someone in your smiles, yes, I see you awake over there. And that's okay, you could listen, because I had quite the class today. Let a man move over a little so I could put part of me on this bed here, next to you. And I'll be snuggling with my letter man and telling you about class today. Uh, because after class, uh, you know, the children, they wanted to interview me, a couple of the children, for the assignment. And I said, why don't you all interview me? And I'll just uh, sit here at the front of class because I don't know if I need to know. You know, children, it's hard to see yourself as people see you and then see yourself as people see you. It's not an easy thing, believe me, as a stepmother and in hearing all these tales that mostly involve stepmothers. Uh, it's not an easy thing. And, and to see how you you fairy people view the humans in a fair, fair way, fair, very fair, and mostly with a curious eye. I understand it, uh, but it is not easy for me to hear. And so, uh, but, so I don't need to uh, have you interview me and then have you present to me the result, I don't think I could handle that, uh, to be honest. So I'll tell you a tale, a once-upon-a-time tale, if you gather around closely. And Shelley, when I was starting this, Shelley didn't know what I was going to do. It wasn't on either one of our syllabuses, uh, syllabi. And I said, Shelley, do you have any tissues for, for have them prepared for me? Uh, to hand to you because you will be weeping by the end of this tale. Pro probably not, though. Because, you know, I, 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 I know you're listening, babies, and I know you're the, the children. I said to the children, don't worry, I'm just kidding. I have to relieve uh, things. You know, can't, can't you laugh with a pit of lentils than just laughing? It, you know, it's, it's nothing to laugh at, I know. And, uh, like, uh, we'll save the questions uh, for question time, probably. Though I know as soon as I start speaking, you like, uh, your hands are going to shoot up. Once upon, So once upon a time, there was a young girl, uh, you may even say child, named Agatha. And she had two older sisters, uh, and they lived with, they lived with their mother and their grandma. Okay, I, what is the question? 
uh, what are the names of the sisters? It does not matter. The sisters have no names. You like, uh, the sisters, what do you mean? They have, they don't have, no, no, I'm not here to debate. Uh, the sisters don't have names in, in this tale. Okay, do you know how to read body language? I thought we went through this in office hours. Do you see even a lentil-based woman has body language? Could you see Shelley's body language? She is mirroring me. Uh, very good, Shelley. I'm glad you're attuned to my sympathetic vibrations. This makes me very, uh, it makes me felt feel understood. Look at Shelley's body language and decide if you should keep asking me the names when I said they'd have no names. Okay, are you done with your question? Okay, I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to get, get, get help you on, like, uh, uh, with the, like, the communication on other levels. Uh, and also, I answered your question. They have no names by the, the, the sisters of Agatha. Okay, I know you, I see your hand up. I know you can, don't worry about the mother or the grandmother's names either. Okay, third question. Uh, of the names, of, no, no, it's, it's, it, it's like I'm expressing myself by not giving them names. Do I have to fill in the blanks for you? This is not a tale. Uh, do you, do you, okay, do you know everything you said about stepmothers? How how do you think, do, if you ever wondered uh, with all these stepmothers in your tale, uh, what brought them to be a stepmother? And you say, oh, what is with these stepmothers? Or you may say, what kind of daughter or sister doesn't know the name or care to share the names of a sister or mother or grandmother. Well, you're going to find out. Uh, and it's a lovely tale. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Agatha. She had two sisters, older sisters. Uh, and she lived with her mother and her grandmother. And there's relatable things for you children in here. Uh, it was a time of great shortage. So we were short on water. And we were short on food. And now my people, the people I lived with, uh, we were all led by my grandmother. She was the leader of my people. And uh, we, as a people, we were displaced from our original lands, which we inhabited. Uh, and in a little bit different situation than all of you, we were displaced by what you would call, uh, which we would call colonists, uh, ranging from a more powerful kingdom and crowding us out. And uh, we had been pushed out of our lands years earlier, uh, before, I, before I even, when I was just a baby, before I even remembered it. And I, I was just a young girl at this time. And uh, But in, in some way, our grandmother, my grandmother, the, the people's grandmother, but she was actually my actual grandmother, uh, this displacement ended up uh, it, it it ended up working out in some way because uh, it, we were inhabiting the hills and the mountains in this pass, and it was the one pass uh, through this mountain. And built in the pass uh, was a great castle, so that they could control like uh, the, the pass, the mountain pass, uh, the people that had displaced us, and. Uh, this really worked out because because of the water and the food shortages, a mountain pass is a great place for water. Even when there's a shortage, you could get water in a mountain pass normally, uh, pretty uh, in in a good way. And and these uh, these were industrial industrious people, the ones uh, uh, the, the the colonist types. 
And because this pass was so essential, it was always stocked and being stocked. And so grandmother and our warriors uh, could always go and go in RAID and get supplies. And, and it was more of a nuisance. Your grandmother knew how to strike a balance. Uh, and they knew how to ship uh, extra food and things so that uh, they called spillage. And it was, uh, you know, grandmother tried to uh, not rock the boat too much, but to keep us uh, fed. And, uh, and and we worried that one day they wouldn't be, you know, the kingdom would come and try to mess with us. But for the time, we were subsiding. And, oh, this castle, uh, it uh, it was just being finished as we started living or as I started noticing things uh, becoming you know, into my fives and tens, and then 11 and 12, uh, uh, things started to change. The castle was reinforced. Uh, a keep, I don't, I don't know the difference between these things. I mean, I do, but I didn't as a child. And the castle started to get even more well supplied, uh, which made it easier for us. And then grandmother was able to start a lot, a lot, as they say, in, in some caves. And we were able to prepare, you know, to, 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 to provide for her people and to teach them to provide for themselves. Uh, but as all shortages do, do uh, especially when they are widespread, uh, they can lead to conflict and, uh, the rumors in, in the air was that there was conflict, and that was would make sense by the behavior of uh, reinforcing the castle, and more people, more soldiers came to live there. And then finally one day we watched as a great parade rolled in, and Grandmother had learned uh, that uh, there was a new lord uh, uh, coming to run the castle. And this lord, or people behind his back called him the Lower Lord, uh, because he wasn't from the fanciest family. But and, and this is something we've run into it before, the Lower Lords. But this lord was uh, very good at, uh, he had come from another mountain region uh, that he had successfully de defended uh, far, far away. So they said, Hey, you're good at this. Uh, do, take care of this pass now because this one is even more essential. And as this little, I remember watching the parade, it, it, like, uh, there was a huge, uh, fine white horses. And there, the, there was, uh, like a fancy, like a uh, gowns and, and while the, this Lord didn't have a family, he was just a, like a, 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 a you know a lower lord up a night. I don't know the difference. I don't know. There was something about the parading of people that I just found in my dreams every night. Uh, uh, how high the backs were and how proud the faces were. And I don't know. I I, I just found it mesmerizing. And I guess I I did find the lord quite handsome. Uh, but there was more to, to to be to be concerned about because grandmother had said she started to hear her that the preparing uh, because another kingdom was coming going to try to come through the pass and uh, that they had started the WAR with these the, the, these people and again these are people that will not be named uh, because uh, I don't do like uh, 
So don't worry about it. Check your history books. It happened uh, maybe somewhere. Uh, but what grandmother had learned as she sent, uh, you know, grandmother was good at sending people and learning things and talking to tinkers and bards and making trades. Uh, uh, the people coming through the past, uh, at first all the people that were seeking refuge uh, came through. And some of them stayed behind the, the behind the castle walls, and some of them moved on into the valley beyond, in, you know, in search of a, like a, a life away from all this hassle. Uh, but grandmother, she start her face started to show that she was nervous about this because she had heard uh, that this uh, this uh, other kingdom that was coming was uh, they had the, the technology. And the technology they had was much more powerful than was this castle. She said, this castle is going to fall when the technology comes because they are much more advanced. Uh, but grandmother also said that there's something about them uh, that, I, like, I don't trust them. I, I don't trust that, uh, that uh, like, uh, that they will be able to get by. Uh, so she, she was, she was trying to figure out what to do. And I could tell it was keep, you know, she was worried about her and she was worried about her people. And so I, I would, uh, like, I, I just kept thinking about the parade of people every time I got stressed with grandmother. And then one night grandmother came and, and told me to come into a tent with uh, my mother and she said, I, I have a plan for the two of you. I want the two of you. Uh, to go down to the castle, and you're going to meet with this person, and you're going to be cloaked in these uh, rags here, and you're going to live behind the walls, and I have a plan. Don't worry, you just have to trust my plan. And she looked at my mother, and, uh, you know, we, we got it, and I said, we're going to live in the castle, like the castle where the white horses are, and the bannermen. And the streaming and the, the, the luxurious silks and fabrics. And grandmother kind of laughed. She said, oh, you love the, what the castle looks like from the outside and the people, what they look like. Uh, she goes, you'll be going to live there to be safe. And uh, she goes, at first it will be tough, so I want you to trust uh, that I have a plan for you. And I said, okay, grandmother, I, I'll trust you. And so she sent my mother and I, and one thing you should know, children, before it, that'll make sense in just a minute, is my mother was a great beauty. And I know some of you may snicker at that, and I know what you're snickering at, uh, and I don't appreciate it, but my mother, was a, she was a great beauty. And you could see some kindness in her eyes, but also some cunning and while for most of her life she always deferred to my grandmother, and my grandmother was the real leader in my family and of my people, I always thought one day my mother would take my grandmother's place, probably. And so we co we actually were like covered in these rags, and we went in through the castle, and we were hired to work in the castle, and it was it was hard hard work. Uh, and we went, like, uh, the people running it. Now, maybe you heard this tale about me and Cinderella, and it will make a little sense, that part. We we were made to clean out the fireplaces, and 
clean chamber, P-O-T-E-S-S. And a lot of people that hang around a single lower lord, uh, they call them hangers-on, and, and they were always, uh, they were taking the most advantage of having a luxurious life. So they weren't the kindest people to work for. And so it was tough times for me because I thought I was going to live in the castle with fine things and I found myself on a cold floor. But even that cold floor had walls around it and it had a little bit less wind to it than when we'd sleep on the hard scrabble ground in the hills and the mountains. And my mother was there, uh... And I, I guess I was closer to my grandmother, but my mother was always there w- w- with me. Or sometimes, uh, like, uh, I would uh, sleep with the other servant children. And I, I don't know. And I, but, So I did feel some reassurance, despite how much work it was and how much uh, hassle we would get sometimes. And I came to both uh, understand working with the other children, but I was also jealous that my sisters weren't there. And uh, this went on for some months, and uh, as we, my mother said, just work, you know, grandmother wants us to work hard and be the best worker and most polite. And I was, you know, I said, okay, this is grandmother's plan. I still trust it. Now, some nights I would doubt a plan, but uh, for the most part, I think I, I just tried to swallow my pride. Uh, I don't know if I, like, uh, where that word comes from, though. Uh, but anyway... I don't know. Sorry, children. I was just fixated on the meaning of pride. And what pride did I have when I before I arrived? I, I did have some. Maybe it was more dignity. And you know, I'd be bossed around, and I would would not be happy about it. But I said, "This is part of my grandmother's plan. Let me keep working hard." And eventually, we rose up, and we started to be able to serve the actual the the Lord Himself, and He was very nice. And very quickly, I began to see Grandmother's plan because uh, as soon as Mother and I started serving Him, and we would bring Him his meals and clean his room and prepare his things, uh, he uh, he started to be extra kind to us and. Uh, one day he even said to my mother, why, he said, uh, why do they make you wear these rags? Uh, uh, you know, and he was kind of saying, oh, and he invited us uh, to go to his tail and to get more comfortable working clothes. And the next day when we returned, I could feel his breath quicken when he saw mother without a, a like, a, you know, veil or whatever of rags around her face and a head and he he just he didn't say anything he just kind of uh would try not to glance at mother as we were working uh but he did and he said and then the next day he said my my uh, uh you, you two work so hard you're the hardest workers in this castle uh i hope my strategy could be worthy of you too and uh, after a couple more days, and Mother was just quiet, uh, and she'd say, thank you, and, and we'd move on. Or if he started talking to him, she'd say, we have to go on to another thing. And then uh, Grandmother's plan was hatched. Uh, for then she and my warriors and my people 
and uh, all the other elders of my people arrived for, I believe you called a parlay, like a meeting with this lord. They had called a peaceful meeting. Uh, They called us the hill people because we lived in the hills, but we weren't from the hills originally, you know, uh, so I didn't appreciate that. I don't think grandmother did. And I think that was a hiccup to the first parlay, but they came and they trotted in. And uh, one of my sisters was there, my middle sister, but my older sister wasn't there with my grandmother, but my sister glared at me, and I didn't know why, because uh, I was jealous of them. I mean, except now I had some pretty nice clothes, and I had been eating a little bit wet more. You know, the, the Lord would let us eat with him. Uh, but anyway, uh, grandmother announced uh, uh, that uh, the, the coming... Technology was coming, and what was the, this uh, Lord's plan? And he explained uh, the plan. First, he argued, "Oh, why would I tell you your plan?" And grandmother laughed. And then grandmother said, "Well, is this your plan? Because I know uh, it's not going to work." And he said he didn't answer her. His jaw was slack. Uh, and then he said, uh, she, "He said, uh, what, 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 what do you want of it?" And she said, "Well, I want safety for my people." And for my daughter, who I think you've developed an eye for. And then my mother stood and walked to my grandmother, and then they motioned for me to come. And uh, the the lower lord said, my. And my grandma said, I propose a union between my people and yours, uh, an official union. And uh, we know these hills, and uh, I know how your mind works, and... I can help you. I actually have a plan, and my plan is ready to implement, and uh, I can help you uh, keep this pass uh, safe, and you'll be the hero, and the people with the technology will have to move on uh, from here. And uh, she said, what say you? And he said, oh, give me a fortnight to think about it, uh, I, no, I think he may, I don't know, no, no, not a fortnight. I think that he said, give me some time. I think a fortnight, maybe it was a fortnight. I'm never sure. Is one night in a fort a fortnight? Uh, or is that a certain passing of time? And so we had to, had to go back with my grandmother back to the hills. Uh, and uh, that night I learned that one of my sisters had gone away. And no one knew. They said, well, she's going to make her own way. And I just said, where? And Grandma said, don't worry about it. And Mother was a little bit unhappy about it. But she didn't seem too upset. Uh, and my sister didn't. She said, why are you asking about sister? And they said, well, where did she go to live? Uh, and she said, she's a grown-up now. Uh, much because my sister was she was an, almost an adult i was still a girl my uh, middle sister was uh, kind of uh, uh actually she was uh, a woman now too but i was not a woman yet i was a girl and uh i said well where'd she go and she said well maybe she went to live with the people of the technology and i said uh oh like i said like uh well, we should go get her back. Uh, we should go see if she wants to come back and live with us at the castle if the king decides. And she says, it's not a king, it's a lower lord. And I said, you talk like uh, the, the hangers on of a low, lower lord. I've been working, and I told her about all the working, but she didn't seem interested. Uh, 
And so I went to see my grandmother that night, and I said, Grandmother, I've been trusting you, and I was hoping you hatched a plan. And she said, You seem to be doing well. And I said, Well, it's very hard, you know. And she said, Your mother told me about it. I'll, you know, the, she goes, uh, but it's all part of my plan. I'm glad you trusted me. And I said, well, what about my sister? She's gone to maybe live with the people, the technology people, or where is she gone? And grandmother said, uh, make, she goes, you, she goes, you don't worry about it. Uh, you, you, she goes, you know, she goes, do you want to know about my plan uh, to uh, close the, the pass? And I said, oh, grandmother, I do, uh. And she told me of a plan, if the if the lower lord would agree uh, to, to use her own technology, that she had learned uh, the secrets of my people that I didn't even know about because I hadn't be, reached uh, the, the age where they pass on the secrets of the elders. But uh, our people had these great secrets of moving heavy objects. And grandmother said, we'll make the pass even less passable. And uh, there'll be no way for them to, she goes, at first it'll seem like they can't even come through. And the technology, even if they were going to use it uh, to get through the pass, uh, they'd be too vulnerable. And even if they tried to come through, uh, she goes, she goes, she goes, they they will choose, she goes, they'll choose to go around for months. uh, uh, The next place they could cross the mountains is months and months away. Uh, so she said, I'm sure that's what they'll choose. And the, then we returned for the next day to hear what the law lord decided. And we went into the courtyard, and there was people gathered everywhere, and the white horses were there, and the fineries were there. And the lower lord bowed and bowed to my mother and my grandmother, and he seemed very uh, sincere in saying that he would marry my mother and make a union uh, between my grandmother's people and his people, uh, that he was only a representative. He said, I'm only a representative, you know, like I'm, uh, uh, but he said, we will flourish together here in this past. Uh, and then he looked at my grandmother's face and he said, there's something else on your face, though. Uh something more and grandmother said uh, you know their sister uh, the technology people and that was all she needed to say and he nodded and he said so is this a personal uh, personal thing and grandmother said yes there's a lot at stake here and he said well let's get to it uh, you're all welcome and, and we moved in and we moved into the castle of course because they had a wedding and it was very simple. And then all the soldiers and my, the warriors and my grandmother, they went into the hills and the mountains and they caved things in. And they rolled rocks on logs and moved rocks. And I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes as I saw. And grandma said they taught me about levers and pulleys and talking blackles or blocking tackles i think they're called and there was even cranes uh and then digging and preparing and then finally there was the rumbling of the approaching army and they came 
And they had things like elephants and trebuchets and all the things I'd never even seen before. Uh, but grandmother was right. They had also very smart scouts who came, and some of them, you know, didn't go back to reports. Uh, but enough of them did, and then they ran some tests where they tried to get through. But grandmother had made a maze, like of rocks, uh, uh, that you could only go through one at a time. So we could pass through the pass if we needed to. We really didn't need to at the time. Uh, but, you know, it would be like a, you'd be in the maze. It would take forever to get through. And, uh, you know, it was it was very, the, the, the lower lord. And everyone worked together very, very well. And it was also the beginning of winter. So uh, this was a great bad news for this. Uh, no technology could overcome these giant rocks from grandmother had moved. And so they did have to go and try to head down to the other mountains, but uh, it was it was it was uh, it was very costly to these uh, this other uh, army, and it was such a big deal that they announced that the king, the leader of this whole shebang, was going to come to see the place of victory and to hear about the plan that was hatched. And the lower lord gave grandmother a lot of credits and. Uh, he also got credit just uh, for enacting the plan and for listening and being open to the idea. And so the king was so pleased. And then the castle and mother, because she, they said, well, you're going to be a duke now and you, you'll be married to a duke. You won't be a lower lord anymore. And the king's it's going to be a great celebration. So, oh, it did things become amazing for us. So they brought... Uh, uh, more and more luxuries in the castle chambers were expanded and they said they made a whole area for the king, the royal chambers where the royal household would live. And then when they left, we would live there, they said. And it had uh, mahogany and mirrors and glass and jewels and gold and so many pillows to lie on and rest in. And it was so fine and then the king came with his entourage, and he was, it was so handsome and kind. And we began to live a life uh, that I could only imagine. Uh, and we were treated with respect and, and dignity and deference. And I never, and this was right as I was just uh, getting close to saying goodbye to my childhood. And I felt so powerful. Uh, because tre people treated me like I had this power, and because I was part of grandmother's, you know, I had like I I had the shine for my grandmother from the duke, and then the king came, and he loved uh, to spend time with my sister and I, and I mean I, I think I noticed the same uh, look in his eye, uh, but I was also oh, and he would tell us tales from his kingdom of his adventures and of uh, lizards, uh, flying lizards, and ice people, and horse horse lords. Oh, it was a, such a time of golems and, uh, you know, rings and, and uh, wars even in the stars. So it, it was like even one time he told us about a dark uh, 
an alchemist that could travel the times, and every night we would sit there and listen to him, children. And I told the children of my class, uh, uh, I, I, I never felt more safe and secure there, listening to the king, lying in a bed of luxury, relaxing, unwinding, as, as uh, kind of you are babies now. All around me, I think this is where I'll stop my tale for the day, because I think I'm going to take a nappy next to my letter man. When all was well, once upon a time, for Agatha, in a castle, secure in a pass, uh, surrounded by silk and velvet and, you know, everything I had uh, seen, I was living that parade. I would pet that white horse every morning and feel it's a soft fur. And it was like I was living a dream uh, once upon a time. Uh, as you all rest, my little babies around me, as I snuggle up with my letter man, as I breathe, as you breathe, we all rest here. And maybe that was the lesson for the time, to rest uh, secure in the past. Uh, good night.